The COVID-19 vaccine has arrived, whether we want it or not. We need to stop making vaccines taboo to talk about, and we need to learn about them and become properly informed. Welcome to the Vital Veda Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Smith. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner and holistic health educator and someone who is very grateful for you for joining me and our wonderful guest, Stephanie Grutz today and i'm really grateful for you to step into this and and have an open mind to learn about the covid19 vaccination you know we've got to learn it uh, whether we like it or not whether we want it or not um we've got to learn about it because it's going to be in our lives in most of everyone so it's it's i highly recommend you become informed this is the goal of this podcast is to become informed about these vaccinations so you can make a judgment you know we, we need to use our judgment and our intuition while staying away from cognitive dissonance okay we want to make a choice based on our own personal experiences and what we truly believe and feel intuitively feel is right so intuitively feel as well as becoming you know educated and this is the role of this episode not as a sole education you know you can't just listen to this episode only you've got to go do more research but this episode my intention is to give a good overview um, on some aspects of the COVID-19 vaccination which is currently being rolled out and is already been in use so you know it can be a tough choice for people and in life how do we make tough choices well we learn as much as we can about them and then we make the choice based on our experience and you know a feeling so this is intent the intention of this podcast is to educate you and i emphasize to stephanie as you're here it's it's you know meant to be unbiased podcast episode it's really just you know forget the propaganda forget the hippie dippy shit you know let's just look at both sides but more importantly let's just look at the science so i invite you to leave your views your preferences you know what, what you prefer and and just look at the science with an open mind and let's really get into this so i guess today stephanie Gratz, she is an integrative nurse with over 12 years of experience in the field of medicine in 2019 stephanie was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and eventually diagnosed with crohn's she started down a path of biologics and steroids with deteriorating health as she desperately searched for answers she stumbled upon integrative medicine she went all in changed her mind body and spirit and started training herself holistically and since 2014 she's been using her skills and experience to empower others to work towards their healthiest selves so you know i really um chose stephanie because she's thoroughly researched this covid19 vaccine and and one of the best people to just get a good overview on on some of it and and this is one you know one aspect that you can learn about it i would like to remind you that always our episodes are in the show notes so you can go to vitalvader.com.au click learn and podcast and you can find show notes associated with each episode most shows mostly every show will have extended notes on what we talk about we will elaborate and add more knowledge and information there and you know for this podcast for example episode we we give resources we link to papers and uh, scientific papers and some of the documents that are informing us about these vaccines because in this episode you know we talk about the role of standard vaccines what they're designed to do we talk about mrna viruses and and the vaccines we talk about the ingredients of the current covid um, 19 vaccine the the two two main covid uh, vaccines that are being rolled out right now and we talk about you know therapeutic indications contraindications um, potential well prove you know risks that are associated with these vaccines that you need to be aware of um 
vaccine damage? Can we detox vaccines out of our body? Can we detoxify this vaccine out of our body? And much more good resources, medium resources to, to be informed about the vaccine, to keep up with it, um, scientifically based resources. So this is what we talk about. So I hope you enjoy. And I would just like to remind you that as always, this information is not intended to treat or cure any disease. They have not been evaluated by the FDA. Um, you know, the entire contents of Vital Vader, the website, the podcast is the opinions of me, Dylan Smith, and the guests that I interview. They are not intended at all as medical advice. You should seek a health practitioner. Uh, they're not to replace health practitioner advice. They're just simply sharing knowledge and information on the research and experience of myself and my guests. So happy new year, my dear friend. I hope you're having a wonderful year so far. I hope you had a beautiful holiday. If you listen to this anytime, it's going to be probably early in the new year. This is uh, one of the episodes where we kind of recorded it very close to releasing, just to f- the, the same week of releasing. We recorded this episode a few few days back from the release date, if you're listening to it straight up. So, because, you know, it's something we have to get out. By the way, if you're a regular to the Vital Vader podcast, we are going back to one episode a fortnight. We're going to, you know, pump more of the knowledge for you guys. And, you know, it's a, it was a struggle for us if you heard about the recent episodes, just maintaining this podcast. So if, you, if you'd like to support the show, it'd be highly appreciated for you to leave a review and, you know, share this episode with anyone you think that is considering the vaccine um, for COVID-19 and just always going to get it or, you know, not sure, vaccines in general as well, just to really... Um, yeah, just add this to be more informed about what you, what medicine you're taking. What's since this is a significant medical intervention. This podcast is brought to you by VitalVader.com.au, a Ayurvedic clinic which stocks precious and rare herbal formulations that will, in one aspect, play a role in boosting your immune system, ensuring your body's regularly detoxifying, purification methods. So many things. We have a vast variety of dietary supplements for you to start nourishing yourselves with and, and feeding the subtle aspects of your biology the the more crucial holistic whole herbs so check those out and of course we donate half of all our profits from the herbs we sell to those who need medicine so check that out and much love enjoy the show all right steph thank you for joining me on the vital vader podcast interesting to have this episode at the beginning of the year i was actually um considering it delaying it because i kind of didn't want to start the year off with with this uh rather confronting information regarding vaccines and um, of course the coronavirus vaccine however it's even last night i was speaking to a friend about it and i'm like i, I expressed that to him and he's like no now is really important because in australia it's it's due to you know the covid vaccine is due to roll out um any like but in this month of january 2021 and we're recording this on uh, january the 10th 2021 january the 10th australia time january 9th us where steph is and yeah i believe in us they're already uh vaccinating people with covid yeah we, right? they've they've been doing that for the past month yeah mm. yeah okay and there's plenty of trials going on and 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 which we're going to talk about and some of the effects but i just want to before we get into what we're going to discuss, I just want to quickly hear your story and how you came to uh, helping a health practitioner. 
Yeah, so thanks for having me today. Um, I am from born and raised in Iowa in the United States, and I always wanted to be in healthcare. So I became a nurse, and I saw that there I, I was limited on what I was able to do. So that's where I became a nurse practitioner. I did all Western medicine, went through all the boards, and became a nurse practitioner. And simultaneously, while I was doing that, my health was suffering. Um, I had autoimmune diseases, and I wasn't sure they were coming from or why it was happening. Uh, but I went the Western medicine route and took um, immunosuppressant drugs and did all of that, and I kept getting sicker. So when I became an NP, I was searching, like, what what else could this be? And that's kind of when I stumbled into integrative medicine. Um, it took me to be hospitalized and really sick to, like, open my eyes, but that's what kind of happened. So when I found integrative medicine, that changed my life. So I changed my diet, my mind, my body, all of that. And um, I started helping other people that were similar. And then, um, you know, when I was working with other people, I would hear their stories about how their children were um, vaccine damaged. And I really didn't know that that was that could happen because Western medicine were taught the vaccine schedule. We're not taught to question anything. But when I was hearing these mothers, I was believing them. And I knew that they they know their babies better than anybody. So I started looking into it and I was like, you know, there are things, there are things around vaccines that are questionable and we really need to realize, you know, that there is some correlations. And then looking back at my own health history, I found out that I was actually vaccine damaged three weeks after a DTaP vaccine. I started having my first autoimmune disease. So anyways, that was kind of a big thing with like, I love talking about vaccines because I've been on both sides, very strongly opinionated about people. You know, when, when I was a nurse, I was really hard on people that wouldn't get vaccines. And now I'm on the other side of looking at, okay, well, we need to know what's the motivations, what's in it, how's this going to help us, all of that stuff. So that's kind of a really quick synapse of my whole story. Okay, beautiful. And I want to make it very clear what we intend to do in this podcast is drop all our personal, uh, I guess, views and and what we would choose to do, and you know, completely drop our bias. Um, have you know, provide unbiased health information. Um, you know, that's if there's research that's been researched and even in some cases proven. You know, just be very scientific with this and. Yeah, just completely lose our agenda or our our opinions, yeah. and just really, I just want to want this podcast to just be informative, and especially because now, you know, people are going to be going to doctors to get a vaccine, and the reality is there's going to be inconsistencies of what the doctor or health practitioner knows, or what they have read, or what they have not read. So you really need to before getting a COVID, this COVID vaccine and of course this podcast you can correlate with vaccines in general but we're mainly going to specifically talk about the covid vaccine you need to read yourself about that specific vaccine and be informed because the health practitioner really very well may not be right so i do i just want to say too like when i'm with my patients i'm i'm really pro-choice too it's 
really all I want is for my patients to be empowered. I want the universe to be empowered. So whatever decision you're making, it is the right decision, but it has to be because you've done your own research and you feel comfortable doing what you're going to do. Beautiful. And I invite you as the listener to, again, drop your you know, personal opinions or you know, views and, and any cognitive dissonance and, and be open-minded. And let's just explore the science of, of what's going on currently with this COVID vaccine. And it's very, I'm so thankful and grateful for you to join us, Stephanie, because this is a really good timing. But before we start, what, we, what I ask all my guests are, I don't know how familiar you are with, are you familiar with Ayurvedic medicine? I, I am, yes. Okay, so you'd know that a very important part of Ayurveda is Dhinacharya, which is your daily routine, especially morning routine. So I'd just like to ask before we start off is, what did you do this morning? What was your morning routine in as much detail as you would like to share? Oh, that's really good. Um, <laughs> so I let my body wake up naturally every day. I never use an alarm clock. So that's one thing. I typically wake up at seven. Um, I try to meditate as much as I can, um, up to 30 minutes. But today I did five minute meditation. Uh, I have chickens, so like three chickens. So I do my little ritual with them, with getting them up and going. And then I nourish myself with good food, and then I got my day on. Beautiful. Okay, so I think before we before we start, um, just going through the vaccines, the COVID vaccines. We, how about we just explain what is the general standard of a general vaccine of why they do it? I guess the the goal of a, of a vaccine is to stimulate your own immune system to recognize a threat before that threat actually shows up so by exposing your immune system to a piece of a virus your immune system can quickly you know spin up a memory of response uh so without it's when it's exposed to the real thing in the future it can uh ramp up the immune system you know antibodies t-cells the immune response in a in a quicker way you know and, and potentially knock that invader out as opposed to if you were exposed to it for the first time um it may take a bit more time to to for the immune response to kick in. So, is there anything you'd like to add or or say about that as a general what what the general no, view that, of using that vaccination? that was great. Yep, we tried. So, it's either getting exposed to the real virus, you know, to like a chickenpox, or to get um, vaccinated and get it the op, the other way. And so, but the whole goal is to have our bodies develop an immune response and immune memory so that the next time we get exposed to it, that our body knows how to deal with it. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, <laughs> you see, right? Just look at yes. it that way. And, and I mean, I guess we do that. Um, I mean, of course, we can do that naturally by other ways, um, less controlled ways of other exposure that will, that will occur. And then with, with this COVID vaccine, so it's, a, it's an RNA vaccine, uh, if you can explain what that is. And I believe there's, there's three, are there only three that are currently being rolled out? I'm wondering, um, so right now in the U.S., we have um, Pfizer and Moderna are the only two that are um, emergency okay. youth authorization. So I don't know if there's anything different in Australia. What about BioNTech? Okay. Have you heard of that? Okay, I've that that's another of, R, RNA. I'm not sure as well. Uh, yes, okay. I okay, know of them, and I, I just don't think that they are around here yet. Okay, so the mRNA basically... 
it's it's doing what you said. It, it goes into the cells, and what the mRNA is doing is trying to act like a mini factory, um, making these virus replicas so that our body knows that that is a virus and that it needs to take care of the virus. Um, there, this is the first real like human trial of mRNA that you know that they're doing on a major rollout. So the long-term studies are not really known. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it it's I mean it's not really a controlled trial, is it? Or they're just well, they're just doing it's this. It's not controlled. They're, just they're it giving out. it to every you know everybody yeah. right now is in the phase two trials. Mm-hmm. Everybody that's getting it, you know, we're you're part of a study because we don't know the long-term implications. Uh-huh. And they're giving a yep, Pfizer. Pfizer those are, uh, are they giving one more than the other? I think I believe Pfizer's a. So they were the first ones out. They were the first mm-hmm. ones that received the emergency use authorization. So with their shot, they do it one shot. Um, three weeks later, you get your second shot. Mm-hmm. So they're they're American, needed. by the way. One of the yes. large world's largest pharmaceutical companies. Yes, and uh, this is the one where it has to be transported in. For, for our metrics, neg- negative 94 degree Fahrenheit temperatures. Is one being used more than the other, the Pfizer or the Moderna? Right now, I believe Pfizer is being used more just because it was the first one rolled out, but mm-hmm. I think Moderna is going to quickly catch up. It's all about the need. Let's let's hear about this Pfizer, um, just about, you know, be informed about what you're taking. And by the way, you can um, search this. You can search yes. the documentation yes. regarding so every- this. You can... Yes. Everything that I will tell you today is something that you can easily search. It's going through, you know, just looking at something that you're interested in and then just continuing the search for it until you get the answer. So the Pfizer and Moderna using the mRNA vaccine, they have to coat that mRNA with a lipid nanoparticle. So it sounds cool. It's this thing that can drive that mRNA into the cell to actually work. And part of the lipid nanoparticle is made up of PEG, polyethylene glycol. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. Okay. So PEG powder is used in a lot of substances. It's a a chemical substance. 70% of people actually make autoantibodies to the PEG solution. So when people have allergic reactions to vaccines, it could be because of an... um, a, a substance like this that's being added to the actual shot. The thing that's different about the Pfizer, they're, they're very, it's hard to find details sometimes. Like it's hard to really get, okay, what exact ingredients are you using? You know, being very transparent, it's hard to find all the details because you'll find with searching that they're not always transparent. But they are using this, what's called M neon green. It's a marine bioluminescent material that. They use in medical imaging. That's the only purpose for it is medical imaging. It shows up on scans because it's bioluminescent. And from everything that I've researched, there's no studies that um, show its ability to, you know, it could cause cancer or autoimmune disease, but there's no studies on the safety of this technology. I'd like to play the devil's advocate, right? Because we hear all the good things about these vaccines and you can search for anything and it will give you the holy grail of every, you know, all of the great benefits that these could give you. So I like yeah, to this balance. Is, this is wise. Yes. Balance. And it's wise when, you know, especially if it's, it's a, 
you know, significant medical intervention, which is not well researched, and we're going to be, you know, in potentially injecting into our bloodstream. So it's good to be extra careful, proceed with extra caution. So, yeah, and, and especially from, you know, we can look at the, the history of some of these companies and also from uh, the, you know, the vaccine industry is, I think, one of the, one of the, maybe the only industry that has zero uh, manufactured liability. So, yeah, no liability. I think the best thing is, is having this conversation because that's the way that we get safe vaccines to market. Um, you know, I believe in if we could have a safe vaccine, everybody would take it. But right now there's too many risks. There's too many people having reactions and we're not getting that safety. It's just the hush, don't talk about it because it's too taboo. And I'm trying to really break that habit. So, you know, because once we question something that's been done all the time, then that's when change can happen. So, you know, just for Pfizer in general, the CEO, um, November 9th, after hours saying that they had 95% effectiveness of these vaccines, he, um, sold his, he sold his shares, like triple his base salary and, and got, you know, after he said how good this 95% effective the next day he sold sold the shares. So, I mean, there's a lot of corruption and it's at the end of the day, it's all about money for, for the big industries. So we have to know there's, what their motives are. Yeah. And there's, there's actually been a study on um, Pfizer's criminal history yeah. and it's been yes. considered a habitual, um, and I'm quoting a habitual offender, persistently engaging in illegal and corrupt marketing practices, bringing physicians, bribing physicians and suppressing adverse trial results. Since 2002, the company and its subsidiaries have been assessed $3 billion in criminal convictions, civil penalties and jury awards. So it's a quite a uh, corrupt uh, or a criminal organization. Um, and this is who we're, you know, trusting, giving the majority of vaccines to people. Right. Right, three three billion dollars you said, and that was what they what they caught them with, right? So you know, what else haven't they said, or what do they know? Like that's just you know, it's just the ethics around medicine. Like medicine, we're supposed to be for the people, and when you when you really dig into it and you see, or you've been injured yourself, you're like, wow, they they don't care as much as what you thought. It's more of a paycheck, and you have to be the one making the decisions for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so with that, um, I think a couple more things with the mRNA vaccines that we don't know, um, they're genetically engineered. And when we get into looking at genetically engineered vaccines, we see that there's a high rate of autoimmunity reactions. Our bodies, like, what is this abnormal substance? And then it starts attacking similar cells to our body because it thinks that they it thinks that that's the vaccine but it's not it's our own cellular tissue and that's how we get autoimmune disease and autoimmune reactions and uh, where do you where 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 did you get that information from that it, that it can if, cause if you just autoimmune? if you just um, search for mrna and then genetically genetically engineered vaccines you'll you'll see the there are risk factors for that mm-hmm. okay um but even so, I'm going to be talking about some, like, Pfizer, they're talking about the COVID vaccine and the COVID itself. So 
the way that they make these vaccines is they take the what looks like the strand of the COVID and they put it into this mRNA and then it gets put into our cells. So from that, they have what's called spike proteins. And I'm sure people have heard of spike proteins. You should Google it and, and see what you can find. Um, but spike proteins from the COVID strain are very similar to what spike proteins we have in our own body. And again, that comes back to autoimmune reaction because if our body thinks that it's attacking that foreign material, like it should, right? When we get a foreign invader in our body, our body basically attacks it and removes it out so that it's not it's not there. So if our own body thinks that our own cells are abnormal or foreign, it will start attacking them. And that's what autoimmune disease is. So with these spike proteins, there is some talk, there was a Pfizer ex head of research that was talking about um, our placental spike proteins looking very similar to some the COVID spike proteins. And when we get into talking about that, then that would make, make us question, okay, well, with, if we're trying to conceive or if we're going to become pregnant, could this... Re- could this create an autoimmune reaction to our placental um, attachment from the fetus? So that's a big concern for childbearing women that we we don't know and we won't know, right, for many years until people start trying to conceive and what ends up happening. Yeah, we're going to go into some of those in a bit. Back to the ingredients you, you were mentioning. You didn't find aluminium, did you say that? Or aluminum, as you call it. Aluminum. Aluminum is typically in um, other vaccines as an adjuvant, but not in these mRNA. Are there any ingredients inside that we need to be concerned about? Besides, you mentioned um, the peg and and uh, what what could lead to an autoimmune. Well, that was just M. So, so the mRNA itself with yeah. the spike proteins, the peg solution, and then. They really haven't fully disclosed in the M M nano green, bioluminescent. Mm-hmm. And yes, then that's related they, to I, autoimmune. Right. And that's what we know of. We mm-hmm. we don't know of other things that are probably in the ingredient list. Okay. And I just want to add, so I'm I'm got quite the the Pfizer's the the vaccine that I've mostly um researched and I'm going to be quoting things directly from a document, which I'm going to link in the show notes. It's called the REG 174 Information for UK Health Professionals. It's a government document um, informing health professionals who are going to uh, potentially or who very well may administer this vaccine. So once again, you know, the reality is how much has that, whoever's giving you the vaccine or giving people vaccines, how much have they read? And the government provides some information and this is, well, they've provided them, which hopefully they've seen. And, and the, it says, first of all, uh, general record. Well, first of all, it says for therapeutic indications, it's for individuals 16 years and older. So that's one thing to know. And the safety for children under 16 has not yet been established. So this is obviously something if it's child's under 16 years old, then be very cautious about it. And then it says uh, some special warnings, you know, for anaphylaxis, if anyone is anaphylactic. And also, if they get an anaphylactic uh, reaction after the first dose, do not give the vaccine. And this, you know, kind of might seem obvious. However, 
you still get today, um, if, if a child will get a, a reaction from a vaccine, the doctor or health professional might say, oh, no, it's normal. But this, this is saying not. And we're going to, you know, I want to hear, we're going to talk about more about vaccine injury and reactions and adverse effects. Um, and I just also, uh, some more general recommendations is it, it should be post, and I quote, should be postponed in individuals suffering from acute, severe, febrile illness. So that means if you're currently sick, don't get it. And again, I quote, individuals receiving anticoagulant therapy or those with bleeding disorders, that's the standard for vaccines, and for immune-compromised people. These people should be avoided. And then uh, before, before we get into the fertility, pregnancy, and lactation component of the Pfizer vaccine, is there anything else you want to add in general? You know, I think the biggest thing with this, and we can probably wrap at the end of this as well, just to, you know, tell people, like, I don't think people fully understand that the Pfizer claims and Moderna claims of their mRNA vaccine, they have no um, reports of it actually being able to stop the spread to other people. They don't report that it actually decreases you from getting COVID. The only thing that this is supposed to be effective in is decreasing the severity. So I Mm -hmm. need people to understand that because... I think people wear this like badge of honor as being study subjects, but because they think that they're helping, you know, helping their grandma or their other family and friends, but they're not because it does not prevent the spread or the, or getting the actual um, COVID. So people I think are misinformed about that. That's totally true. So you can still spread the virus. You can still get COVID-19 after getting a little bit of it in the vaccine. And then that's there's on many... Pfizer's, you know, that's on their website. That's you can just easily search for that. That's not something that anybody's yeah. making up. So, yeah, and, you still got to wear a mask. You still got to social distance. It's, exactly. It's not. Yes, and um, a immunity for a couple months before you got to do it again. Right, and I think the interesting thing too is that the ninety-five percent effective rate. Um, you know, if anybody's a statistician. I think that it's really interesting how they are able to say something's 95% effective. Uh, You know, they took a study sample of around 40,000 people. And out of those 40,000, they gave half placebo, half the actual shot. And 195 of those people acquired COVID. Of the 195, five of them were vaccinated, 190 weren't. So that's how they came to say that the vaccine is 95% effective. So, I mean, from those numbers, that just tells me we need more data. We need we need to see what the rest of the 40,000 people do. You know, we need more time. Time is really what shows us data. So we're just lacking in that right now. Yeah. And, and the other problem is the tests, which they're using to measure all that, this common PCR test. I mean, that's not the most stable test we've had. You know, the World Health Organization recently saying to not only, uh, you know, adhere to that test and utilize that test as a diagnostic method, but to also, uh, you know, check for clinical symptoms and clinical signs and and many other diagnostic methods to not solely rely on this common test, which the founder of the test said to not use for infectious disease. So the, the the whole testing around it all, which you know, which is related with when we talk about numbers of cases and all this is is really unstable. You know, which it which is, you know, not 
blaming them. Um, I think it's totally normal when we have something novel, something new come into the medical system. We don't have a grasp on all things. Uh, what I would be more critical about is that we're, you know, really not honoring that uh, lack of full uh, confidence and lack of, you know, you, the fact that we're utilizing these tests as, as the give end all when, you know, we need to uh, recognize that, okay, this is, this is new. We don't have a full grasp on testing methods on, on all, uh, all these implications which we're administering. So basically, as we've been talking about, all this is, it's not sure. We're so not sure. And, you know, it's, this, this episode is for you to, you know, really be a bit more informed and become a bit more sure and, and not, you know, go into unnecessary medical in, intervention and fall into medical inappropriateness with something that we're, that, that doesn't have a lot of, science backed up to it i think it's really interesting i think there's been quite a big talk around pregnant women um mm-hmm. and fertility and lactation especially fertility i mean we've had a lot of uh, health professionals and, and revered doctors speak up about this um and it, again it, it's saying it in this in this document which i'm reading from the from the uk um guide to this pfizer vaccine and for for pregnancy and i'm reading there are no or limited amount of data from the use of covid mrna vaccine bnt 162b2 animal reproductive toxicity studies have not been completed it is not this vaccine is not recommended during pregnancy women of childbearing age pregnancy should be excluded before vaccination women of childbearing age or pregnancy should be excluded before vaccination in addition women of childbearing age should be advised to avoid pregnancy for at least two months after their second dose i.e after you get your second dose because the pfizer vaccine is two doses three weeks later the first to avoid conception okay probably has an effect on fertility and conceiving in the uk i believe obviously this is from the uk but still all around the world in america in the us you know there are they're advising, and whether it's a health practitioner or or government body, or any other uh, corporation, they're advising pregnant women to get um, this vaccine. When is a really I don't know if you'd call it evidence or just we don't know. And and there's there's risks that are known risks. We want to we want to reduce. And perhaps you can speak about what um, some of the doctors or professionals are saying more specifically about how it affects pregnancy and fertility it's really challenging right now it's really challenging just to split you know the uk came out originally like a month and a half ago saying what you just said about you know avoiding pregnancy for two months and not getting not conceiving not being pregnant with the vaccine all of that but then you know the united states they kind of changed the tune last month and said oh yeah pregnant women breastfeeding women not no exclusions to any of these um, groups, and it's just really unique because in the past, they they've never tested vaccines on pregnant women. Um, they give they give like the DTaP and other a few other vaccines to pregnant. What is women. DTaP? Um, that's diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis. Okay. Sure. Um, so they typically give that one to pregnant women, and there's no studies on on these 
So we have no idea what will happen, and especially when we're using a new technology as the mRNA. And I say new because it is new in long-term human trials. People will say, well, we've this has been around forever, but they've never truly used it in a clinical trial with humans, long-term trials with mass populations. Uh, so right now, you know, they're just, everybody's a guinea pig. We're, we're in the phase two trials. So I really think that that's, they're just saying, all right, you know, everybody's going to be in a, a research subject and we'll just see what happens. And then, you know, if something does happen, they can just blame it on, blame it on the, blame it on 2020, right? Just like everybody else is like, oh, well, it was, we didn't think that that would happen and now it is. So we're going to have to deal with the repercussions, but they're not proactively thinking about what could really happen with women. Hmm. So and this is like a real, uh, I don't know, sensitive area with the pregnancy because pregnancy is meant to be this time of protection. And, you know, when, you, when you, you're injecting a compound that specifically is designed to trigger inflammation, specifically immune inflammation, uh, in order to get antibiotic production. So that's why there's never, ever been any studies in pregnancy on any vaccine because vaccines trigger antibody production in order to deal with immune inflammation and when during pregnancy it's we don't act, like the number one thing we don't want is to upregulate the immune system we don't want a strong immune system because when you're pregnant you have a foreign body in you although it's your fetus but it's still foreign and your you actually your body will actually be okay this is foreign um i gotta perhaps you know produce like kill kill it or or a, you know, deal with it. But that's why naturally nature's design and the beautiful intelligence of your body is, okay, during pregnancy, reduce the immune system, suppress. Naturally, you suppress the immune system. That's why people with autoimmune conditions um, during pregnancy, they feel better because it's the immune system is being reduced. And, you know, that's why even if you have a pregnant woman with have a high um, natural key uh, killer T cell account, they'll give steroids to suppress this so this is why you know we don't we really uh wouldn't want this because vaccines will dramatically increase the immune system and during pregnant this is you know quite a dangerous thing to do and this is yeah it's just baffles that there's still uh people are advocating for pregnant women to get this and you know pregnant women if you know someone who's pregnant just just become informed and and you know be comfortable don't feel really do what you and this is hard for some women of course to to actually know and feel comfortable and feel in tune with themselves but you know this is a time where really you you want to be what's what what you feel confident what you feel true to every action you take right i always tell my pregnant women or the women that want to become pregnant like you have the opportunity to always get a shot you just don't have the opportunity to undo that shot, you know? So just realize that when you're pregnant, everything is your baby's taking all of those nutrients. So they're also taking all the toxicities. So in amplified ways, amplified I, I ways. say like it's about 20 times they're feeling whether you're drinking a, a, a diet Coke, they're going to get 20 times the amount of, you know, the, the toxins that are in that. Or if you're exposed, you know, if you're sitting with your phone in your, pocket uh which is on 
i.e. it's not on airplane mode, it's emitting electromagnetic fields, your baby's going to feel 20 times that amount of electromagnetic fields, which is going to compromise their, you know, their, the development in their systems. So we want to, during the pregnancy, just extra protection, as I said. You don't want to be dealing with these things. So um, then before we get into fertility, which is, which is a big one, breastfeeding, of course, uh, and again, a quote from the document, is unknown where uh, that the COVID mRNA vaccine is excreted in human milk. It is a risk to newborns and infants. So a risk to newborns and infants cannot be excluded. Okay, so there's potential risk for newborn and inf infants because it's going to come through the breast milk. It may risk them. And the COVID mRNA vaccine should not be used during breastfeeding. Okay, so it should not be used during breastfeeding. We, again, similarly, the, your baby's going to be getting a concentration of whatever is the mother's ingesting or injecting into their body through the breast milk. So we want to, during the breastfeeding, give supreme nourishment, avoid toxins. Anything you want to add to breastfeeding? No, that's really good. Beautiful. Fertility, big one. It says, and fertility, there's not a lot. All it says is it is unknown whether the C19 mRNA vaccine has an impact on fertility. So if you're trying or planning or, you know, young like and you plan to have children in your future, it doesn't have to be the near future, even in the next few years, even next 10 years, I would right. not be experimenting with this. I We've spoken about fertility quite a lot on this podcast because there are epidemics of infertility. I One of my uh, specialties is infertility and gynecology, and I see a lot of, I treat a lot of infertility in my clinic, and they're absolute epidemics. And one of the reasons is because of this, basically, uh, exposure to toxins for various forms. And I believe yeah, a lot I mean, of professionals are speaking out about this fertility, right? Yeah, I think, so. I mean, there's really something to say about we don't know yet. And it will take years before we really understand what the implications and long-term outcomes are. And I mean, do we want to be max vaccinate, um, vaccinating a bunch of childbearing women with, again, like you said, we're, we have so much fertility issues right now. And so, you know, we're going to be doing this. And what if, like, they, they talk about the spike protein, the Syncton 1, that looks very similar in both the vaccine and the placenta. Um, it's the Syncton homolo homologous proteins, right? Yes, yes. And so we have no idea if it will attack that or not. So it's basically would be like every time a woman conceives, and there'd be an autoimmune reaction where it wouldn't allow the placenta to attach correctly. Yeah, okay. I just want and to reiterate that. Because just in case people didn't get that. So the vaccinations, are they're actually expected to produce antibiotics against these spike proteins, which are associated with SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. And that is what is formed in the placenta, right? It will target that same set proteins that are forming in the placenta. They look very similar. So when the body sees similar proteins, it's like, okay, tagging that to remove it from the body because it shouldn't be here. So they start tagging things. Well, if it tags something of your own, then then your body um, starts having autoimmune processes. And again, with fertility, if this means that it could potentially lead, I know that there's a lot of 
people debunking it and saying it was is a myth, but we really don't know yet. We do know that there's spike proteins and we do know that there's um, possibility for autoimmune reactions. We don't know where in the body that specifically that those autoimmune reactions could take place. And one of them could be placental lining. Okay. And what is there? What is the arguments for those who are debunking that? They're debunking just, that the they, that they don't really have good arguments. They just say it's false. It can't happen. But, right. but from what we know from other vaccines and what we know from this virus and the strain that we're using and the spike proteins that we have, we know that it's very, there's a lot of congruency within our own cells and what's going into our body through the vaccine. So, you know, there, there is overlap and, and we will see it in some form or another. You know, I just, I feel like, okay, children, healthy, healthy young adults, like we can, we can get viruses and the viruses will, viruses work their way throughout the world, right? We can't stop them. So that's why like isolating and wearing masks, like that didn't work, right? Because viruses are strong and they will find a way to get through their hosts. That's what their job is. Um, So we're going to get it, you know, just like getting chickenpox naturally or getting chickenpox by a vaccine. Well, I prefer to get my, I prefer to get my viruses naturally because then my body can develop a stronger immune response to them. And I'm not getting all of the excess stuff that comes with, um, you know, a genetically engineered vaccine. So I just want people to know, like, if you're strong and healthy, there's a very, it's a very high percent, you know, I don't know what the recent numbers are, but 98, 99% survival, right? Like you can get through this virus, you know, if your body's healthy and you're taking care of it. Yeah. And what about for those who are immunocompromised or not so healthy? Would, would, would that be wise for them to essentially go via the route of herd immunity and be like, okay, I can expose naturally. Right. So, you know, when you are immunocompromised, you just have to take extra precautions. Um, you know, we don't know right now. We have no idea. Um, natural, like, is it going to be like the flu where we can get it every year? Is it going to be something where we get it once and then we have antibodies to it for 10 years? We don't know that yet. Right now, it's looking like there are some longer term antibodies to it, which is good. Um, but it's too too early to tell with that. Even people that are immune compromised can still keep themselves safe um, by just doing the general hygienic practices and really trying to boost their immunity as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about this virus mutating? I mean, there was talk even in, in the UK that it's mutated. I think there were like 18 to 20 different mutations. What viruses mutate that's what happens so will for example these vaccines that are being rolled out how effective or are they effective at all of adapting to mutations right yeah if if they're changing in um if they're changing in strains and type then it would make sense that whatever we're injecting in us now is already mutated mutated into something else right so I don't know how effective it will be. We will see. And again, these shots are not preventing us from getting COVID in the first place. So, I mean, I just keep going back to that because it's so, it's just so interesting how we, you know, we get so into doing something and we don't even realize like, okay, what's the benefits, you know? 
And remind me what the benefit, the only benefit was from all to, that to lessen the severity of of when you actually do have it. Okay, all right. So it's not really dealing with thing, and and as Steph said earlier, you know, viruses are so stealth, they're ruthless. Yeah, and this whole public health approach of social distance, mask, get a vaccine is really not not the best uh, at all. Even now, the wealth, World Health Organization are who were, you know, strong on all this originally, even, I believe, are advising against lockdowns. Right, um, yes. That they're just, that they're ineffective and even they mentioned they're just causing economic distress. Right. Um, so, yeah, but uh, however, our governments will still proceed with these ineffective ways. And, you know, uh, you uh, as a citizen, you know, you just got to, um, you know, not, adhere to that if that's what you if you have this knowledge and you believe that you should be sticking to what's scientific and what's healthy and you know your sovereignty then then own that and don't contribute to what's being advised (laughs) against by the world health organization and by common sense and science so i just want to add the the moderna vaccine um, that excluded, of course, excluded pregnant women and also breastfeeding women from the vaccine trial. Um, and they also don't want women to try to conceive a child within a month of the second injection. And they also want even males in the study. Um, they want, you know, don't want them to, to impregnate women or, or try to conceive till after a month after getting the second injection. So, and this is all, you know, under 5.2 exclusion criteria. In, in these uh, reports coming from government bodies, which we'll link to in the show notes. So clearly, you know, infertility is a worry. And, and again, even if you're planning in 10 years, 8 years, 12 years, I, I would really um, proceed with caution. And personally, if you asked me as a patient, um, potentially <laughs> ask you to just, just, just I'm not going to say too much advice, but just just do the research and 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 see from there steph people you know obviously uh beginning to know more their common sense are kicking kicking in with dropping their cognitive dissonance or any opinions if they had and vaccines is is touchy because people are afraid and before we actually get into rights i want to just talk about vaccine injuries it's a very uh interesting phenomenon the set what's interesting about it is that people are fearful and very cautious about speaking up about them but the reality is and and what i actually i think a bless one of the blessings um and the silver linings that's come from this uh, covid19 pandemic is the realization of vaccines even me who's someone who uh, you know i don't i wouldn't recommend getting a vaccine to my patients i'd recommend other sources uh, other ways to attain immunity even me, I've been, I've realized, wow, these vaccines, they're actually worse than I thought. And, you know, many people are, are being open, uh, are being exposed to the truth about vaccines and the potential risks and adverse health effects. So I think that's a blessing. Um, so, yeah, the, this, and, and the amount of, uh, I've been hearing about of injuries, you know, just from my, from Instagram, not that I've been posting a lot about it, but when I do, I'll I'll get people talking about their personal stories of injuries of themselves or their children. It's a big thing. So 
yeah, talk about some injuries and specifically with with these because with these trials, I mean, there's been there's been people getting injured and then you know the the company um, threatening to sue these trial volunteers who who have alleged side effects. So. Yeah, that's why you can't speak up, right? Because you're silenced or threatened or um, you're discredited. Uh, you know, any any doctor that you really can see that was uh, someone that's very well credentialed and very well practiced and they speak up about vaccines and all of a sudden they're labeled a quack or, you know, they're derogatory, their names dragged through mud and they're discredited. They lose their license. So, I mean, even for myself, if I, if I see people that have, you know, vaccine injury, I, it's a hard for me to write a medical exemption because medical exemptions really put, a, a, you know, a risk for us losing our license. So it's, it's really touchy, right? Because when we do see real vaccine damage, we're getting told not to talk about it. And now it's becoming so prevalent because so many people are getting vaccine damaged and moms are talking and they're like, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize you had this too. So the, you know, the good things about social media has been the ability to connect and network before it wasn't talked about. And now it is, but just simple things. If you, if your um, listeners are new to this, um, the national childhood vaccine injury act of 1986 took away the liability from vaccine manufacturers to get um, charged with any damages that their vaccines incurred. So that's why in the 80s, we had seven shots, and now we're around 70 shots and 16 plus vaccines with zero liabilities to the vaccine manufacturer. And just to report on like the COVID vaccines, they came out with this what's called PrEP Act, P-R-E-P, and I'm not sure of the what it stands for, but it's basically exempting them from any harm, including death, that happens with this rollout of a quick COVID vaccine. There's a vaccine injury. It's called VAERS report. And as of the 28th of December, I just saw this today, so I haven't been able to go and actually double check, but you can go and see what um, injuries are reported. And they were talking about the Department of Health and Human Services in the U.S. shows that there's around 40,000 plus adverse events from the COVID vaccines in the USA, including 127 deaths, along with 769 cases of abdominal pain, uh, 1,400 cases of amnesia, dizziness, disorientation, confusion, delirium, uh, 1,500 cases of fatigue, 1,100 cases of herpes zoster, so like shingles. And then the list goes on. So, I mean, you can read all of that. There are some major um, adverse reactions happening. And do you think that we're going to hear about them? Really, probably not. Honestly, I just try to stay uh, alert to these just so that I can see them. And there was a OBGYN in Miami, Florida, who just passed away um, probably a week ago. And his wife reported on online saying, you know, my husband was a huge vaccine advocate. He was really healthy. He had his doses of, I believe it was Pfizer. And um, he developed a clotting disorder where his platelets went to zero, where he couldn't clot. 
and he ended up dying of um, a hemorrhagic stroke. You know, healthy guy. So they were trying to say that it wasn't anything correlating, but as they looked at the timeline, it happened days after he got his shot. So it was hard for them to even deny that. So they're currently investigating that death, but we'll, we will hear more of that coming out soon. This has been happening and it, it is can be a little ambiguous to correlate with it, whether it's a COVID, from the COVID vaccine or other vaccines. But, you know, again, like you ask mothers and they, they can tell, you know, I've, I've had patients who have autistic patients and I've spoken to mothers themselves. This has, you know, happened a few times. I don't work with a whole lot of autistic patients um, who have, you know, clearly are confident that you know, they told me this happened after he got the vaccine at this age. You know, you speak to the mothers and this is the people who are a bit more, I guess, even if they're quiet about it because it of their social status or their social interactions, relationships, they're the ones who have either been, you know, their child has got it or they've spoken to another friend whose child has got it. And even in Australia, we have like earlier this, early in 2020, when this was all happening, where there, there were a couple of rugby players who were refusing, I think, the flu vaccine um, when they were all made to get it. And, and one of them was just like, he was very standing strong. This was, this was in National Rugby League in Australia. And he was just saying, you know, I've, I've had friends who have had vaccine inju- injury. It's very clear, like, I'm not doing this. And, and that was really wonderful to see him stand up and, and remain true to himself. And, and that's, you know, really what's was required. I've, I've had friends as well who, who were really, um, you can say, anti-vaccine. <laughs> but I've had one friend who, who got it um, because to, in order to see, got the flu vaccine in order to see her grandmother who was in an old age home. You know, me personally and, and other members of my family, you know, we, you weren't allowed in unless you have the flu. And we had my grandfather dying. And we, we, we didn't, I didn't get it. My father didn't get it and we didn't, and my family didn't get it. And we didn't, we, we couldn't see him. We couldn't be with him. I think, yeah, of course you could, you could do one way or the other, but I think there's, we have to, you know, stand, stand for what you believe, not just, I don't know, to make a stance or to try to tackle this, but you know, we need to, it's important where your, your energy and attention flows because that's going to make that grow. And, and what are the, you know, for people who okay have heard this, they're doing more research. They're they're tapping into their their common sense, their primal nature, um, and and their intuition as well, and their body, and say, okay, I don't want to be because really, what's essentially guinea pigs at the moment. The science isn't so great, so you know, I, I don't want to tread on eggshells. I, I don't necessarily want to be a participant in this trial. Maybe some people want to because they're eager and we're not going to talk about ways to naturally boost your immune system you know you can check out um steph's instagram healthy practitioner you can check out you know um, our instagram our website this podcast we talk all about ways to improve health um i would recommend and say that it's much more effective than um, getting a vaccine so if you're getting a vaccine because you want to you know, boost your health and protection from COVID-19. Let me tell you, there's far better ways, in my opinion. And I think Steph would definitely agree. <laughs> but for those who maybe are getting it because their work's making them get it or they want to fly or do something that requires it. I mean, what, what are, 
I know it's hard to say, but at least for US, of course, you can say what are what are the rights of people, and a, a lot of our listeners are from the US. But this will definitely、um, also translate into Australia. Yeah, I don't. I'm so there's no restrictions as of now, right? There's the hypothetical. Um, not being able to fly or attend games or do other things like that, and you know what I tell people is, well, wait, wait until that becomes an issue. You know, you really do have to make your own decisions, and if you don't want to be a part of the clinical trial right now, then you just don't do it. And you know, people say, well, if I do it, then t- then tell me how to detox. But I honestly can't tell you that because I don't know what this is going to do to our cellular integrity. The mRNA again is something new in human trials, and I don't know what the outcomes are going to be. And if someone starts having autoimmune reactions, it's really hard to pull back from that. And I'm sure you've seen that with your with your sick patients. That、um, when we see a chronic illness patient or someone that has cancer or fibromyalgia or anything like that, it's really looking at Viruses and toxins, and it's the whole plethora. So, adding in this new mRNA technology that I don't know much about, it's hard for me to say. Well, it will just be easy if you go and detox. You know, it's it's not going to be like that. Yeah, and even I've had people that I respect that have you know said. If you know this, to not don't make a fuss about it. You know, if you got to get it, you got to get it. And luckily, they even said Ayurveda, you can detox. And I'll be like, hold up. First of all, you're not an Ayurvedic expert, and you know we deal. And I work at a clinic in India,、uh, a Panchakarma clinic, which is like Ayurveda's premium detox and rejuvenation program, where you can go for preventative, and you're advised to go for preventative measures. And it's an in-house clinic in India, and you spend on an average 28 days there, getting hours of treatments all day. And you can go for preventive. That's the best. That's what you should be going, even if you're healthy, just to maintain and enliven your health even more. But we have patients who are, you know, very sick and cancer, autoimmune, as you were saying, you know, degenerative neurological conditions. They're there for can be there for months, and that stuff doesn't, you know, heal in one panchakarma in one program. It, it can take multiple. And I've seen like people have got. Autism from one vaccine. People have got serious、uh, injuries long term, like chronic. They develop a chronic、uh, disease from that. So it ain't that easy to to detox necessarily. Some some of these toxins are not easy. So don't just think you can get one and fast, or even do some natural protocols. And definitely we can we can assist in that at all. But it's not it's not an excuse to get it. You know,、right. we were even I was even speaking to my teacher about it. Uh, about you know we do certain blood liberation therapies. One of the actually one of the panchakarmas, one of the five karmas, one of the five actions. These five premium actions of detoxifying the body is called is bloodletting, and and、mm-hmm. certain ways of, of of taking toxins out of the blood, like leeches, are the most effective because leeches、uh, bias they only take the toxic blood. And I'm just like after a vaccine, like can we just put a leech straight on and <laughs> take、right. it out? He, he, Which which I'm I still would like to explore more. Although he said back to me, he's like, no,、nah, not not good enough. And and my teacher, for those listening, and and we speak about him quite a lot in this podcast and this family of renowned family of Ayurvedic doctors. He just said to me, avoid avoid this vaccine as much as you can. Severe injuries are going to be occurring, whether they're acute or chronic, and or if they're adding to you know your toxic load of of all the other toxins you're exposed to, which is you know causing. Chronic disease, premature death, whatever it is, is is occurring in these sick people. 
Um, I just wouldn't be adding this to the mix. I guess I would advise to don't allow the the media, don't allow the the, your peer, the peer pressure to influence you. Go with what you feel. This is your your body, you know your your choice. Really, stay strong. The peer pressure is a huge one. Go according to what you feel. Any other yeah words of wisdom in regarding to that, and just allowing people to really step into their their rights. Yes, step into your power. No, it's. Just know that you are your own expert and you can't rely on any medical doctor, medical expert, media source. You can't rely on them to make your decisions. You have to know everything going in and on your body and how it's going to affect your body because you're the only one that truly loves yourself the most. So empower yourself to make those decisions for you. And really to, yeah, be empowered means not fully adhering to a a health practitioner or a doctor and not just, you know, doing the research because. And And, and knowing that you're smart enough to do the research, you, it's intimidating to look at everything and be like, where do I even start? But just start searching, just do little things at a time and, and you'll find your way. You are smart. You're way smarter than you believe. And just because they may use big words or fancy terms, you can you can figure it out. Just yeah. keep pushing because you are smart enough to know these things and to listen to your, you know, inner internal intuition because that's really what will guide you. I suggest that's a better approach than doing uh, practical research in getting, you know, testing the medication on yourself. I suggest doing the the theoretical research <laughs> before yes. actually engaging yes. in 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 practical research so okay that's great um is there anything else you want to leave the audience with Uh, we got to do another podcast about non-covid we got to just talk about health because i know you you provide beautiful wisdom on on holistic and functional medicine yes i would love to a little lighter topic so but yeah what what are some of your favorite areas of medicine that you like to speak about and talk about I really love just talking about, well, my passions are chronic illness, cancer, and fertility. I mean, it's all over the board, right? But, you know, fertility, and I'm 32, I'm, um, you know, in this in this stage of conception. And so I like having people on my journey with me. And then, you know, for I've just been training a lot in, in oncology and autoimmune chronic mm. illness type things. So Beautiful. Okay, and anything else you want to leave the audience with? No, no. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I would just, um, I want, I want to just let people know uh, to to be getting some good uh, media in you and some proper science, like actual science. Uh, I'd advise some Instagram accounts to follow. Firstly, follow Steph's account, the Healthy Practitioner. She's done some posts on, especially on the vaccines. Is why what um, made me reach out to her that she's heavily researched like so definitely check out the healthy practitioner on instagram check out children's health defense that's defense with a se um sometimes we spell it different in, in australia and that's basically an account of a mission to end childhood health epidemics and seeking justice for injured and as well as establishing safeguards that that's an important one and of course all these instagram accounts have have um websites associated 
And I, I, I'm a big one of me. Is, I've been enjoying is Dr. Ben Lynch, a fantastic. Yes. Dr. Famous for writing Dirty Jeans, speaking all about dick jeans, and but he's he's just just dropping. Um, he it's really nice because he's conversing with, um, doctors and and, um, like even like doctors with large followings who are, who are perhaps providing one side of the uh, argument uh, of saying yes, get a vaccine, and yes, if you're pregnant, that's fine, you can do this, and and. But he he's just giving the other side of the argument, and it's uh, quite a interesting and valid thing to look at. And of course, even Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has has heavily researched into more what's going on uh, in the vaccine industry and and all these things. Um, any other? Of course, what, what else? I mean, there's there's so many, but what else would you recommend, Steph? Yeah, those those were really good. Um... I, I really like Dr. Jess. Jess Petro. That's Dr. someone we yep, had on the Dr. show. Dr. Jess, yep, MD. And then Dr. Tina is, mm-hmm. so Dr. D-R-T-Y-N-A. She's awesome to follow. She'll just, she gives it to you straight. And I really, I love that about her. <laughs> okay, beautiful. Thanks for that. So, you know, we, we basically should not, in general, not think that the vaccine is the answer. We need to really look to our own nourishing, our own body, nourishing our health the fact that people thinking vaccines as is really the, the big thing that's wrong and knowing that you cannot vaccinate health we really you know even for those who know this and they attend to their health and they're then you know I have people in my community even isn't it interesting how in so many communities um this 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 back covid pandemic has really divided or mm-hmm. caused a, a little uh tension between our friends, our family, right. and then we've got, you know, I've got the Vital Veda Community Facebook page, which we, you know, people share, um, you know, or they, they reach out to other people. I live in, you know, Perth in Australia. I'm looking for some cuttings of holy basil. Can someone give me some? Or, or just sharing experiences, asking questions about something and that want people to answer. And, and even with that, we've had, you know, some tension. This is people who, you know, we, of course, we, we have other unity points of that we, you know, or attend to our consciousness maybe we meditate maybe we both eat a very important about organic but however there'll still be some things and then they'll have people there f- promoting things like vaccinations and just like that's fine but really we need to really put our awareness on on health and, and know that you cannot vaccinate health health is so dynamic it's ever changing i invite you listening to adhere to the more superior, in my opinion, is the more superior form of medicine and the more superior form of dealing with an immune system and dealing with COVID-19 or any virus. And let's let's use wisdom traditions. Uh, let's use, some, you know, a strong uh, holistic science. When I say holistic science, I just mean science with, I don't know, I guess with a bit more common sense and less reductionist and, and, and use that and, and be confident in that. Because so many people, especially mothers who are vaccinating their children, and I've seen so many conscious mothers vaccinate their children, my friends, they do it because they are not confident in peer pressure is one thing, but it's they're just not sure. This is what we're talking about empowerment is become empowered and confident in. If you're going to take the natural health approach, the traditional health approach, which is, by the way, pretty awesome, just just own that. Get, experience it more keep keep doing your own research and getting to know it and you know engaging yourself in it that will increase the confidence of course so yes so good okay beautiful Steph well 
Thank you so much. And if people want to reach out to you, of course, or, or, or learn more from you, The Healthy Practitioner on Instagram. I think that? that's the best way to reach me is The Healthy Practitioner on Instagram right now. Cool. Beautiful. All right. Thank you, Steph. Thank you. How good's that? Don't you feel good to feel empowered? And, you know, especially if you have an open mind and you can just allow your flexibility to change in views and be flexible in that way and say, okay, and just consider things and, yeah, just step into your power with this knowledge. Knowledge is power and, and you know, being true to that, doing what you got to do to be true to yourself, be sovereign, you know, maintain your sovereign, sovereign self and, yeah, what stand for what you believe. So, Thanks so much for joining me. Once again, if you appreciate this, I highly like, yeah, send it to someone who's considering the vaccine. Let them just be informed. Share it on Instagram. Tag, tag Vital Veda. Tag Steph Graz. Her Instagram is the healthy practitioner. Tag us both. Let's get this out there. You know, it's just, you think this knowledge is, is out there, but it's actually not. Like people are still vaccinating pregnant women, although the UK is not advising against it. Like people just don't know. We just got to share information. This is exactly what the intention of this episode is. And I really would love you to help me, you know, to, to help everyone else who needs this info. So thanks again. Um, once again, we're back to fortnightly podcasts. We have episode coming up next with Dr. Paul Anderson, who's basically becoming like a grandfather in integrative medicine. Dr. Paul is actually also a mentor of Steph and many other Dr. Jessica Petro is also a mentor. Dr. Jill Krista, all these guys have been on our show. He's like every integrative medical doctor. It just it's like you are the godfather. He's awesome. We talk about energy and immunity, um, just general energy and, and immunity as well as autoimmunity. And this is a first part one to a later, which we're going to do in a few episodes after that, all about cancer. It was a phenomenal one. So we got coming up with Dr. Paul Anderson. We got one coming up about the great cholesterol myth with Johnny Bowden, just really just cutting the crap and just saying, what is medical? The biggest medical myth in history is that cholesterol and or saturated fat causes heart disease. Just getting getting the, the stuff straight with with cholesterol and we got you know one up with mason taylor from superfeast on tonic herbalism we got some good stuff coming up this year so if you appreciate the work we do leave a review check us out on vital veda instagram that's where we post the most sign up to the vital veda newsletter that is where you will find like more detailed information knowledge special offers articles that we don't release not even on instagram the full articles so really nice thing to stay in touch okay over and out. Thank you.